Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. If you and if you listen to the Monday show, you would know you, um, I'm recording this on Monday, but this is set for Black Friday because uh, War Games it will be Saturday, and I was planning on doing predictions actually on the Monday show, <laughs> but then before Full Gear uh, went on air, I believe Saturday morning, JT hit me up and said, uh, it's time to do another episode, so much is going on, and I said, sure, we want to talk about, and, and then uh, I thought about the possibilities of um, what we could do, which has some different things on this show, like I've never had a guest do their predictions, um, which was something we're going to get into, and also when I looked at the landscape of it, and just for a record, I'm announcing this now, I think I announced it on the Monday show too, but I'll announce it again, like the Friday shows have already been recorded, uploaded, that's all. Of December is a uh, is the month uh, of is the month of the year in review, but I wanted to get JT's take on some stuff as well. So we're gonna start with AEW Full Gear. You guys heard some of my thoughts. Uh, I did get some feedback, <laughs> early feedback. The reason why a lot of my takes were so incomplete is because I knew I was doing this episode and I really wanted to get JT's and we and him and I have not talked about. It. The only thing I said to him was I felt that Swerve and Hangman had a top 10 match of the year that's all i said to him otherwise i don't know what his takes were following um full gear um i still have more to say so i want to bring jt in now how you doing today man i'm doing well man it's great man to be on back on the show doing another episode which yeah in the wrestling world is busy and buzzing right now for real so let's just get right into it what was your top three takes top three from AEW's full gear full gear pay-per-view um MJF is definitely re-signed with AEW. I think that's the worst case. The whole the whole thing with Sting uh, and, and the draw and going to his retirement early 2024 is, is going to be interesting to watch as he's going to be in different folds, different situations over the next couple of months. And thirdly, the, the Swerve Hangman match definitely was a top 10 match for me as well. Uh... Uh, a, a match and it, it paid homage to Terry Funk but it also took you to a whole nother level because when he got to the point of where he was drinking his blood and it took me to some vampiro and brood stuff and I don't even think it was nothing they had did directly and, and the fans weren't ready for that Whew, to be perfectly honest with you I don't think any of us were ready for it um, the full disclosure here's how my Sunday went so uh, I, just, I I was asked for my job. I said, hey, can you pick up a shift? I didn't really want to do it, but I did. Because I said, you know what? Uh, and I'm actually just... just I, the first time I'm saying this on the podcast, I'm actually telling you, JT, so you, you'll appreciate this. So I usually don't celebrate my birthday, but, but my birthday's in two weeks. And I say, you know what? I have to do something. I have to, stop, I have to stop living life to work and actually start having fun, right? Like... I, I, I see all my friends, I don't have many of them, <laughs> but like they, they're doing different things or whatever, and I'm so motivated on my career that I just kind of don't, I don't take care of myself the way I should. So anyways, I started just looking online about things I can do for myself, just nothing, nothing big, just something I can do by myself and chill, right? Sure enough, I see that there's a Comic-Con the weekend of my birthday, uh, the weekend after my birthday, excuse me, that's going to have, listen to this lineup, JT. It's going to have Orange Cassidy there, Mick Foley there. It's going to have freaking Dolph Ziggler there. I said, okay, this is my birthday gift. I'm going to drive to this con. It's three hours away. I'm going to get a couple autographs, right? So yeah. I go to work. 
a shift that do, don't usually work, and 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 you know I work in the entertainment field, and so I get home and I pass out, and I wake up, no lie, wake up right as the Hangman match is going on. So like as soon as I wake, it just it just it had to be fate or something. So I wake up, I see Prince Nana dancing with some dancers. I'm like, what did I wake up to? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then and then I see what I saw. When I tell you I was glued to my TV from minute one until I think that match went about twenty something minutes, uh, it was it was unlike a death match I've seen. And not only was it a homage to Terry Funk, if you look at Swerve Strickland's ring attire, that was an homage to Bray Wyatt as well. That was the Fiend gear, and so I saw that. And some people said it went too far. Some people look here. I'm not a big fan of death match wrestling because. Me personally, I'm one, I'm a sap man. I really want some of my heroes. I would like my heroes to be alive and well with their families and walking upright when they're 60, 70. That's just me though, personally. Um, but this, to me, if you didn't think Swerve Strickland was a star, this was the proof of the pudding that he is a star. And I said this on I said this on the Monday show. I'll say it again. He should be the AEW World's Champion at some point in time next year. Wow, it's me. He definitely showed his work and showed uh, his skill set um, all the way. It was a, a match that I was glued to as well. It, it took, it, I think it stole the show. And, it did. you know, to, to see that. And even though, you know, Hangman, you know, Hangman, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I hadn't always been a fan, but, you know, he, he pulled his weight in this match. You don't always see that. Sometimes there's one over the other, but both, both stars, man, really. Do justice, and I think fans in attendance or in and got a real treat. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> to me, I also agree with you with with Sting. I, I thought that was a fun six man tag they had. Look here, these all these matches I feel that have Sting involved in them are gonna be fun. Um, and I'm just I'm uh, the same thing, same way I feel about Sting is the same way I feel about Brian Dan. So I'm just gonna enjoy it while it's here, while I still have it to see. We are extremely blessed that Tony Khan was able to give Sting this. The second opportunity at a last chance, you know. So I know Sting is grateful for that. And to me, yeah, MJF is definitely resigned. To me, here's what they proved also on Saturday night. And here's why I say, and I said this on the I said this on the Money Show, and I say it again. I think Swerve should be the one. I'm not saying Swerve should be the one under the Devil's Mask, but whoever is should be whoever it is should cost MJF the title to Swerve Strickland. And I say that because to me, what they did on Saturday night. They put themselves in such a corner. You, you can't turn MJF heel. There's no one to replace him as a top heel at the moment. There just, just isn't. And and I would love to say it, Kenny Omega can be that, and he can. But he's so wrapped up in Dakota Ibushi and Don Callis feud that it's like to be a top heel, I mean face and heel, but to mainly be a top face of the company, like... You do you really want to do what Steve Austin did in two thousand one and turn hit and turn your top babyface heel? That's a big part of the reason that business went down in two thousand two for WWE. That'll be a dumb yeah, move, right? That'll be a dumb move to do that. And I think what they did was they 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 put themselves in the corner to where MJF, if they make him the the, the the demon or the devil, whatever you want to call it, I think it's a bad move. I think he has he's gonna be a top face for a very long time and. It's just gonna be so. It's gonna be so. It's it's not hard to turn Adam Cole, because yeah. there's, there's so many ways Adam Cole can go with his story. This dude almost has his career taken from him, and now he can't beat his best friend and blah blah blah. 
But to me, they paint themselves in the corner with this. That's what I don't know, man. I I, I even pitched the idea of, hey, you got you have Will Ospreay now. Why not next year at Wembley? Swerve Strickland defending the AEW Championship against Will Ospreay. You tell me that's not a hell of a match on the card? That would be a heck of a match. Um, you brought up the devil. And you know who I think the devil is? Who? He could be a far stretch. Everyone, everyone keeps saying that. <laughs> okay. No well. real reason why other than I, I, I don't think the devil should be very predictable. Okay. And so I really think that whoever that is in the mask, I hope it's somebody that fans love or hate. Because if it's something that's predictable, I think it would be it would be a big disappointment. Okay, so here's here's I, I I said this I think I said this two weeks ago. I don't like the idea only because we just got healed Jack Perry, and then we really didn't get to see much of him because then he got into whatever happened with him and CM Punk. Right now. I will say this. I've, I've had some time to think about it. Some fans have hit me up via email. Here's something that makes sense and and goes to your theory. I don't know if you remember or not, but before that fatal four-way match they had at uh, Double or Nothing, where it was the four pillars for the world championship, whether it was Jack Perry, Sammy Guevara, De- Darby, and MJF, MJF cut a promo on Jack Perry saying how the only way you can get as big as me is to turn into me. I forgot MJF had said that until someone told me. So right. that that could be that, that's that's a good theory. Also, people point out to me him throwing uh, Bowens through glass, and that was the whole thing with him seeing him and CM Punk with the glass. And I'll say this: if they're gonna make it, I, and I know this is a this will be a far stretch because I don't think they're de- I don't think they're gonna reveal the devil on Wednesday. But I believe the devil. I believe it. it I, I could be wrong here. But they're going to be in Chicago at some point in time, AEW, either Wednesday or in, in December. If it is Jack Perry, that's the place to reveal it. Because you don't think he's going to get nuclear heat? All the CM Punk fans in Chicago blaming him for their hero getting fired? That would be the perfect place if he is the devil to reveal it. Just saying. Yeah, I agree, man. And um, if it's not him, then you hold it out to next month. But if it is Jack Perry, who in Chicago... Because that that would be the place to get it. I, you know, in my mind, it's like, I don't know who else it, it could be. You know, unless it's just something, you know, that's going to be repetitious. Jack Perry would be angry that they could run with. But then I'm like, well, whoever it is, it's going to be somebody that's going to ultimately MJF for the championship. I'm like, man, it's got to be somebody strong. But... In my opinion, the strongest, the strongest uh, contender for MJF, in my opinion, is Samoa Joe. I think they could have a hell of a match. I'm going to see them go at it, and I actually want to see Joe take the title off. You know what's funny is, I this will be a bittersweet thing for me because I always think I, I still think I'm, and this is just me. Yes, I'm not over it. I still think Samoa Joe should have been the one to to take the title from. Brock Lesnar and WWE, and I remember reading a bunch of uh, dirt sheets at the time, I'm doing air quotes, where they were saying how, apparently at that time, supposedly, how Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar were both so impressed with Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar even went to Vince McMahon and said, I want to lose a title to this guy, and Vince nicked it, and I'm like, I don't, that, and that's, that was when Joe was like, healthy and everything, I obviously had some injuries after that, but I, I, I thought Joe should be MJF at uh, Grand Slam. I really do. 
You know, so I'm all look if they if they're gonna give Samoa Joe a run with the belt, I'm all for it. Um, I, I, for some reason though, man, I don't see him doing it. But I hope I'm wrong on that. I really do, because he gave up this TV championship to pursue the AEW championship. So I'm hoping that's the case. You know, um, but I, I don't know, man. But I would love to see it. But here's the, here's the thing though, is the devil, and this is a question for you, JT. The devil doesn't seem to fit the M.O. of Samoa Joe. He's a pretty straight-up dude. So it's, so I think your first theory with Jack Perry is better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think um, I think Samoa Joe straight up, as he is right now, and as he's been stalking and approaching MJF, it should let him... It, you got to get Joe while he's as healthy as he is. Right. Um, because it's not going to get, to me, it's not going to get much better because he, he wrestles hard better than so. You know, he's battle-tested. I just think, man, I look like like you. I want to see him in cha- championship form more WWE. AEW has a chance with him to really, really take it a whole nother level, level of a vicious heel. And Joe is the one that can do it. And I'm like, man, MJ, him and MJL could have the even classic battle with MJL trying to get championship back from Joe. Joe just has that killing instinct, man, and I've always believed that about him. And I agree with what Rick Flair said about MJF, too. MJF has that it factor. You put those two together, you've got awesome. Joe's got better on the mic. MJF, of course, is, is great. You know what I'm saying? On the mic, you have a few that would take us back to, like, the NWA days uh, when people feuded and just feud for a couple of weeks. They feuded for months. And you can't tell me that people went mark out all over the country to see that matchup for the AEW title. I mean, a, yeah, AEW title, and then not, you know, uh, keep the interest of the fans. Yeah. Um, uh, just so I'll say this. And like I said, like I said, they paint themselves in the corner, which is a good corner to have when you have a, t- a talent like MJF. But he's clearly the face of the company. You can't turn him now. He has, that turn has to be down the road, down, down, and natural. But the fact that they have so many people, and I will say this: this is one thing I do love about this that we haven't. That I, I can't remember the last time we've seen this on wrestling TV. I'm trying to think about the last time between all the brands or all the companies. But if you think about this, the MJF, the World Heavyweight Champion, actually has more than one person pursuing the title. Oh my God, I didn't know that's why they wrestled. Like, you just don't, usually you see people, I'm a wait in line. And then you have Wardlow coming at this man. You have Samoa Joe. His best friend Adam Cole still wants another shot. We all know that. Roderick Strong hates him. Like, he has so many, like, he has so many guns pointing at him right now. That it, it just makes every possibility good. And whoever the devil is. And honestly, you said this now. I've had like 30 people in my email say this. At this point in time, it's got to be... Is there something that's hinting everyone off to Jack Perry? So even if they have Jack Perry do it, if, and I do hope he does... If he is the devil, I do hope he succeeds. Um, but there's so many ways they can go with this. And as far as the if factor, yeah, MJF is... I remember watching MJF and MLW, and I was like, "This guy's pretty, pretty dope," you know. Now I didn't think he was gonna be this. Now this is, this is what you know. And I, I said this to you. I want your thoughts on this too, and then we'll move on to something else. I was one of the first people in the podcasting world I know for sure about this a couple years ago or a year ago. Excuse me. I said the departure of Cody Rhodes is gonna be felt. Everyone was like, "Nah, it's not that big." Loss. I said, "This is a big loss." I said, "The reason why Cody was hated. This is." To, this is these are facts. Look at Cody in AEW. He came off as pretentious. 
He went from being the underdog to being someone that people couldn't relate to him. The dude came out like with the entourage. How many normal people, JT, that you know, go from being the super babyface and cool, having an entourage for reasons, to, to then, and also, let's be real, a lot of people didn't like that he was out there with his wife. Now, that's a whole different, boy, I don't care, I didn't care about all that, but that, that was a big part of it, too. And then he refused to go dark. And that was, all this, Cody Rhodes has accepted his blame in this. He has said all the storylines that people hated were his idea. They weren't Tony Khan's. I believe it. Because they were pretty stupid. But to me, the Cody factor has a lot to do with Jay Cargill. That's why she's in WWE. MJF was able to develop because he had Cody. Cody's the one who uh, t- said, hey, Tony, we got to sign this guy. What are your thoughts on that? I said that I said that when it first happened. When Cody first left last year, I said, that's a huge loss. What, uh, but people, now they're just seeing it now that CM Punk's imploded. But, like, what are your thoughts? First of all, I love WWE Cody. More, more than I ever did AEW Cody. Mm. I think AEW Cody faded after the first year. And a lot of the storylines kind of helped that. WWE Cody, this second, this, this run in WWE now, man, he can go, there's so many different things that they can do with him that, you know, you can't, you can't lose um, and what Cody got going on. But this is what um, I'm afraid of. Inj- the injury that he sustained, he fought Seth Rollins in. And, and then went out for that surgery for a year. It was a blessing in the sky. Because now they've been able to bring him back, build him up even strong, stronger. And the fact that he's, you know, doing the storylines and doing the things that he's doing. And, and basically on the collision course, in my opinion, to WrestleMania 40 and Roman Reigns. Keep building, not just put, you know, yeah, he got the tag, you know, the tag titles that come and they go. But ultimately, finishing the story and what they're doing is kind of reminds me of what they do, what they did with Rock and Sing. How they built it up for a year. You found out a year out, and it just built, built, built. Cody, his popularity and being all over the country and everywhere he goes, man, people are reacting to the former Twitter, to all the dirt sheets. Cody is in, in the prime of his career, I believe, and what they do with this storyline. As far as if they have him finish the story, and if he's the one that takes um, the belt off of Roman Reigns, to me, that is not only his defining moment, but that will be the moment that will itch his name into the Hall of Fame. So I, I already think he's a Hall of Famer because because the only reason I say that is because when I look at there, first of all, there's no standard for the WWE Hall of Fame. So he, if you look at what he's already done, he's already a Hall of Famer, but. You brought up the Hall of Fame, which is interesting. Cody had an interview this past week where someone was asking him about the Hall of Fame. And he, he, and he stopped the person and said, we have to get Dustin in the Hall of Fame first. And I said, yeah, we do. Like, speaking of Hall of Fame, to me, I remember being, I think I was eight years old when I first saw the Goldust character in 1995. Or, yeah, 95. To me, outside of The Undertaker, and this is how, and this is going to be controversial, I know. But to me, the Undertaker is the greatest character Vincent Mann ever created. Goldust is number two. Goldust was ahead of his time. And Dustin played that character so perfectly. Then you add Terry Runnels as the Marlena gimmick. That was just the perfect thing at the perfect time. And you had them facing off against the, the, the biggest macho man of them all with the machismo and Razor Ramon. And, like, I already think that he's a Hall of Famer Cody, but, like, 
he's right. You gotta get Dustin. I know he's an AEW, and that they're not gonna, that they don't see him as competition or whatever the, that is. But we gotta get Dustin in the Hall of Fame first. But I will say this, and that's it's funny you say this too. I, when I recorded my uh, top ten wrestlers of the year uh, yesterday, which is gonna be out the first week of December, the first Monday of December, I said this about Cody. I said he's, I, in my opinion, he's gonna finish the story at WrestleMania forty. I'm I'm debating on whether or not I'm gonna go to see that because I, I am a big fan of Cody, but I think uh, no, I, whenever he does, he's gonna finish the story at some point. Whenever he does finish the story, I wonder what happens after that. I wonder if he begins to get the AEW Cody treatment because people will now have seen the story finished. Now what's next? To me, the thing that's kept him compelling this entire time has been Cody. Cody has, in my opinion, from the AEW version of himself, what he's toned down is some of his pretentiousness. Some of his, and that wasn't, again, I need to make this clear. I didn't mind any of it. I thought some of it was just stupid in AEW. And, 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 over, and to me, he had too much creativity and too much hands-on in AEW. Here, I, like, Triple H can ring him in. And so I feel like with Cody, there's, there's a lot of that stuff that's gone. Like him coming out by himself is perfect. When you see him actually drunk at the press conference with Jey Uso, that humanizes his character as to where, in my opinion, the AEW version of Cody came off as someone trying to play wrestler sometimes when, like, dude, we know you're great. Like, you don't need to do this. I think he overthought a lot of things, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think Cody was trying to be the executive Cody too much mm. and got away from his character. Ultimately, I think that sunk him as far as... Uh, the fans and it just they, they just never bought in. But the Cody that we have now seems more natural. Reminds me so much of a younger um, version of Dusty Rose when he just came to his home and just remembering how popular he was um, during that time. Like I said, man, right now you can take Cody and really elevate him because he's not trying to be something that he's not, and he's operating skill set and he's not overdoing it. Obviously, he's listening to ideas and also pouring some of his ideas into it, and it's making for a perfect, a perfect set, man. And it just, you know, to me, I'm so happy to see it because, man, we live through stardust and, and just how that just drug and drug, and I couldn't imagine the mental part of that. And then going through the AEW stuff, being able to come back and recapture um, real glory and real fanfare. And I remember being in a, in a live event two months ago, and man, Cody came out after Raw was over with, man, and wrestled the dark match. The people were on their feet the whole time. He was getting those chants, and it was just, you know, he stayed afterwards, he interacted with Man, that, that right there reminds you of why you fall in love with, with wrestling, because he, he takes you back to, you know what I'm saying, when you first got that passion, just that love for the, for, uh, the sport. Yeah, so now with that said, I want to transition this. But before we transition to WWE stuff, I have two questions for you about this. And these are things I, I said in my own podcast, uh, podcast I recorded for the year in review. But um, who do you think, this is just a two-part question. First part is, who do you think was the breakout star for AEW in 2023? Who do you think broke out the most? And who do you think will be the next breakout star in 2024 for AEW only? Breakout star for Ricky Starks. 
Uh, and I think he still has so much to elevate him to that real star position. Um, I just like what what he brings. Those those, those tendencies and, and the charisma and being, you know, if he can stay injury free, you know, it'd be even better in 2024. Um, <clears throat> far has started 2024, a rising start. I really like what Swerve mm-hmm. is going, and I think. 24 can be as you continues and builds off the type of match that he had at the pay-per-view. Swerve will be a name that we'll be talking about, you know, how he elevated championship and the run that he should and deserves to get. I want them to go away from the stigmatization of, oh, no, this guy is a pure athlete from that part of it because if he, he gets the title run that I think he should get, and you know he'll be able to you know, uh, prove himself uh, for the talent that he is. So Ricky Starks for uh, breakout star of the year. I think it's still so much that can be done, you know, with him and then Swerve in 2023 um, strong. Because I don't know how you talk at the pay per view, bring the elevate higher. I can see him being a breakout star for 2024. Yeah, those are, those are two good picks, and I, I. I I am so glad Ricky Starks did not get, because it would have been easy after the, we, we all know where that storyline with him and CM Punk were going. It was supposed to be Punk and him, and that was clearly going to be the main event of the pay-per-view. But I'm so glad he was still able to have his moment with Brian Danielson, and now he's a tag team champion, so he's official Golden AEW. So I'm very happy for Ricky Starks. I actually said this, and I'm kind of spoiling my own show, but I'll say, it doesn't matter. I, I said this. I have a feeling that when Ricky Starks' contract comes up next year, he I think he's as good as gone. I think that's I think that's gonna be the only thing that stops is pushing AEW. Is I don't th- I think he's gonna do the Jay Cargill. I think his relationship with Cody uh, is gonna lead him to WWE. Not saying I want to see it. Not saying I don't want to see it. I it's I want whatever the person feels best for themselves to do. But I just think that will be the only thing that will stop us pushing AEW is the fact that he's. I think he's gonna be good as gone. But that's just my take on that. And as far as Swerve goes, yeah, you I I said what I said. I I will continue to say it. Um, but no, that's uh, uh, those are two strong picks. So as we transition to WWE now, now we're gonna do predictions. Um, and just so you know, JT, I'm sure you, you've I probably told you this before. Uh, I, what I do is I give my prediction. Sometimes I give an explanation for it. Depends on if I care about the match or not. Just being honest. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But I, looking at this Survivor Series card, it's pretty strong on paper. And if we're being honest, every, every I think every match has a story. So I'm going to go one by one on the matches. I'll say my prediction. You say your prediction. If you want to give a reason, cool. If you don't, that's cool too. Sounds good? Yep. All right. The first match is Carlito versus Santos Escobar. My pick is Santos Escobar because you got to keep him strong. You have two months before Rey Mysterio comes back from knee surgery. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I look here. This is the push I've been waiting for Escobar to have. I want him to have it in NXT. Hopefully, this is the push he can have now. Uh, I like Escobar. I think Carlito, is, he looks the best he's ever looked in his life. Uh, but this is Escobar's time to shine, and Carlito is just a stepping stone until we get that inevitable match, I'm assuming, at WrestleMania 40 between Escobar and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, Santos uh, gets the win, and I think that he stays strong. I think Carlito will work and they'll get a good match in. But ultimately, you got to keep him strong and keep moving that momentum. 
and build up for his match with Ray. And, and I got a, I got a feeling that whatever card, if it's WrestleMania, however it's going to be, man, it's going to be a, a show stealing because um, you build up to a match. But I remember most about Ray, most of Ray's matches. When the matchup is like this right here, Ray has a tendency to shine for real. So uh, Santos gets to win, continue to build to, to Ray. I agree, I agree. For the Intercontinental Championship, Gunther versus Miz. Miz has the second most Intercontinental Championship reigns of all time. He is an eight-time Intercontinental Champion. Chris Jericho's a nine-time champion. Miz will not be tying that record this time. Gunther keeps the Intercontinental Championship and moves forward. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Gunther going to get the title and get the reign. Miz will give him a, a good run, but <clears throat> Gunther, I believe, is still continuing to build him the main event status. When he when he does finally drop the IC belt, challenging for the world title. So I continue to see him uh, move through, review through pay-per-view, and this is just another step on the build for him to be a, a main heel on the roster and challenge for ultimately when, when Roman does drop the title, um, Luther is going to be there waiting for whatever baby, baby face that is. Up next is the Women's World Championship. You have Zoe Stark versus Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is not losing that belt. I do believe this will be a fantastic match. I I love Lo, uh, Zoe Stark's work, um, but she's not there yet. She's not going to be on the level of Miss Miss Ripley, Mommy. Uh, I have Mommy retaining. What about you? I kind of see it as a squash match. You Rhea think it's going to be a squash right match? I, I'm, I'm predicting a squash match. Ooh. Rhea is so strong right now, right now, man. I don't see Rhea getting a real challenge until they bring Cargill full circle. And I think this is just a match just for Rhea to have a time on the pay-per-view. I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of um, Star, and I don't really like, you know, her work with, um, with, um, when she was working in the other feud. Oh, it's kind of shaky to me. It's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like, man, you know, they were elevating her and expecting more out of her than what she could really get. And when I see her up against Rhea, it's kind of like, oh, okay, so we're going to have like a big show type thing. Although she don't tower uh, over her like that. But Rhea's just so strong, man. And to me, I think you guys got to have a match physically that somebody can match it. See, I wrestle Rhea, just the overall match. Rhea's going to squash it. I get this match. It'll be over in less than five minutes. That's crazy. We're on different sides of the fence on that one. That's crazy. But I can't wait. Now, I can't wait to watch that match and see if they actually do that. That's interesting. So, uh, we'll, we'll do the Women's War Games match first. So, we have Damage Control. Their second year in a row in War Games. This time, you have Bailey, Kyrie Sane, Asuka, and the Women's World Champion, EO Sky, versus... Team Flair, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. Who you got? Damage Control is at its strongest, and we're building up the, the moment that they turn on Bailey. Damage Control getting the win, um, and Oscar in particular foe just made me think, man, it had to be something that had to be dreamed up in New Japan somewhere. But here we are, WWE has a gold mine right here with these ladies coming full circle. Um, I see them getting the win. I'm not really sure who it'll be that'll survive it'll, that'll get the win. Um, I can see Charlotte surviving the other team, but I see Damage Control building momentum, and Damage Control is going to be what the Judgment Day 
started out to be. See them moving and elevating and controlling and giving us a real uh, staple. What you know, reminding us of what a strong heel group is supposed to be like on the women's side. I have damage control as well. Um, I, I, I mean, this, this, and this will come off as disrespectful, but I, I promise I'm not trying to be funny or disrespectful, just to make that clear. I think Shotzi's only in this match because she's going to be the one to tap out. Um, obviously, this this is building to Bailey being kicked out, but Bailey's redemption. Bailey's been a heel for four years now, and I and I said this I said this um on my on the Monday show. If you listen to the what, she, what if you just look at everything that's happened outside the Kyrie saying stuff. When you see when Asuka, when EO and Kyrie were hugging, they were telling her to come in and bring it in. She's like, I don't do this anymore. And they they made her hug, and then you see that she's embracing the hugging. It's just bringing back the the nice bit. I'm not saying she's. I don't think she's gonna get the pigtails and all the other stuff now. Um, she she her look has gotten to be uh, way too grown, if that makes any sense. But um, I, I think that th- th- this is obviously building just for that. Um, I think Shotzi's only, I think she's only in this match. Look at her. She's the only one that could be in this match and give up. That just being real. Bianca's made, Charlotte's made, Becky's made. So Shotzi's only in this match for that. So yeah, I agree with you. Damage control is winning. And finally, the men's war games match. We have, which is, this is just a reminder, you guys. This is being recorded before Raw. So I'm going to give my prediction, but I'm going to give my prediction on on what I think is going to happen. So right now, as this recording... Team Cody is Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, and the World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins versus the Judgment Day: Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, JD McDonough, and Senior Money in the Bank Damian Priest. I have a feeling we're going to have Drew McIntyre, who just turned dark. Uh, he's going to join the team tonight, and then there's going to be a surprise entrance. No matter who that surprise entrance is, I know a lot of people are going to think it's Randy Orton. Whatever, whoever that surprise entrant is that's going to be for Team Rhodes will be the thing that helps them get the victory. I have Team Cody winning in the five-on-five men's war games match. What about you guys? What you got? I'm going the other way. I got Judgment Day winning. I think Drew is a major reason as to why. To see, it's, it's because some reason it's like, man. Madonna gonna be the weak link. Cody and them gonna get the win. Cody has pretty much been on, on, you know, getting the win and getting stuff going. It's almost like gonna get the loss, but they're gonna build momentum towards the Royal Rumble. So I'm going Judgment Day. Drew, I'm gonna go on the limb and I'm gonna say Randy Orton does return in some capacity at the end of this match. Okay. Well, look, look. I I think it's no matter what happens, I think this will be a fun match with all these participants that they have in here. But I also think, more importantly, I think this match has to go on last. Not because, the, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the women, so all the, everybody, all, the, all the woke people, calm down. This has to go on last because, to me, this has the better story. Like, this, like if you think about the, the women's war game match, the main story is between damage control, not the faces. And the fact that Charlotte Flair is even a face is weird because she's not a good face, you know? But to me... This story has been a story. If you if you look at the men's war games match, we've seen some form of these guys wrestling each other every single week for the last six months. This is clearly the big time story. Like if this was the territory days and TV wasn't a thing and internet wasn't a thing, you would get this all over. We've literally gotten some form of all these people wrestling each other the the last six or seven months. I think this is just a story that should be focused on. And as you said. If Randy Orton is returning in some form or fashion, this dude has been out of commission for a year and a half, and 
that's going to be the biggest pop they get. Unless, and I'll say it, even though I don't think it's going to happen, unless these idiots sign CM Punk. That's a different story. But that that would bring a whole nother dimension to WWE, which I don't think they want any part of. But that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, I, I can't see it, man. At one point, I thought, yeah, CM Punk's coming back. It was realistic, but now, the more and more I've read it, and the more and more I've thought about it, and, and with Triple H being, you know, there, and Triple H was there in the height of all of the stuff CM Punk doing. They're thinking what's best for business. And right now, I just don't think CM Punk is best for business. I think his prime and the pipe bombs and all that, I think it's run its course, and I think taking away from who he really is. I mean, yeah, he can draw. He can see a draw. You had to think about his coexistence. Think about those last seven months when he was in AEW and coming back to AEW and it just didn't get over the stuff that happened previously and then something else happened. Can't see WWE wanting to go down that road and even messing with any any chemistry or any, you know, as far as the locker room. So as bad as I would love to see CM Punk, another Chicago return, this I just don't think it's in the cards. No, I agree with you. I'm just people always ask me about. It. I just I do I will say this. I do think no. Let's be realistic. I know AEW or WWE will get this guy again. He will get a, his final moment. He will get his retirement match. But that's I, that's not now. He's just too he's just too uh, toxic right now. And and just justifiable yeah. after whatever after whatever happened in Wembley. But anyways, um, whatever happens, I just believe the men's war games has the better story because like the women just are a hodgepodge team. And then if you look at this, JT, they did the same thing with the women's war games match last year with Damage Control. Damage Control had their team, and guess what happened? Bianca Belair had her team, and she had to bring guess who? Becky Lynch from Raw. To help her. They yeah. just did the same storyline for the yeah. second year in a row. So, like, yeah. to me, that's, this should be the match that opens the card because it's not a real story. It's just a way to get a air quotes, a women's war games match on there, which is good. I, look here. It's going to be fire. You have Kyrie Sane back now, and she's going to be in the yeah. same ring with these people. Come on. That's, that sells me a, a, alone. But I just think yeah. it has the better, the men's has the better story. Um, and I want to say this before we wrap up. Uh, you, you still got time, right, JT? A little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So before we go, that's that. Those are our war games. I mean, our our, yeah, our war games, Survivor Series predictions. But I have the same question I have with you. I have with AEW, and a few more questions after that. But let's start with this: Who was your breakout star for WWE in 2023, and who do you have breaking out in 2024? Um, he's not really a breakout star. I just think he continues to um, sharpen his iron and his Seth Rollins. Um, I've always been impressed with him work ethic. Him coming into his own, I love him as a heel, and I love him as a, in, in, as a face. And I think he's a great champion, fighting champion. His injury, all the injuries that he's dealt with, you know what I'm saying, uh, and wrestled through, I mean, it's just, I, I just think strong. And as many times, he's, it's funny, he defended the title more times in one month than what Roman did all year. <laughs> that, didn't, that, that, that didn't even count house shows. It's just, you know, I'm just, you know, thoroughly impressed with him and, um, you know, continue to mark out for him. And I think he had a stellar year. And I think he will continue strong and strength going into um, 2024. Now, next breakout star, man, I got to go to my man in NXT, uh, Rick Steiner's uh, son. 
Braun Breaker. I think Braun Breaker has to break on the main roster and really, and really, um, I love the way he wrestles. I love him more of a heel than I do his face. You know, with a little bit more polish, he come in and really, you know, have some great feuds. And um, he's even increased his mic presence and has become better, you know, in, um, on the mic. That's a physical build. Everything is there. He, uh, a big nation of Rick and Scott together. And if he can stay healthy and no injuries and really get into some solid, you know, solid, you know, feuds and works, 2024 can be his year. You know, um, I actually did not give my the questions I'm asking you. I actually did not give my thoughts on and my um, reviews. But I want to say something. You brought Braun Breaker. I don't think he was given a fair chance as a face on the main roster because it was when when he got on the main roster, it was the old Vince McMahon way. You have, if, if you're a baby face, you have to smile and do this and do that and do that in the third and. My thought on a, a, a protagonist smiling all the time is just not... I think some of the best protagonists, you see their pain. That's Why you can, Why you think Spider-Man is probably the... No, not probably. Is the most popular comic book hero of all time. And you could debate and say between him and Superman, it doesn't matter. They're relatable because you feel they're hurt. They're relatable because you don't see them smile all the time. And when they do smile, they've earned that smile. And I think Vince McMahon... No, I think. I know Vince McMahon's old school way... Of you have to smile all the time. It's just weird, and it comes off as disingenuous and very unauthentic. So I, I didn't think that was a fair shake to him, especially since they put him out there the Raw after uh, WrestleMania to a very cold crowd, and he beat Dolph Ziggler. And that I love Dolph Ziggler. At that point in time, Dolph Ziggler was uh, the person that everyone knew was going to lose. So even though he was walking around with the NXT Championship, it did it wasn't the same thing. Dolph Ziggler in 2014. Absolutely. And I think even Dolph Ziggler said that in his Chris Van Vliet interview. He was very open and honest about it because he said, yeah, no, that just it just how much could it mean, you know, coming from me because I lose all the time. And that's a hard pill to swallow because I'm a huge Dolph fan, but it's a reality. Um, but I do agree with you. I think Shawn Michaels, since he's gotten full control over his NXT brand and his NXT characters, it feels like Shawn Michaels has, has full control of these. Braun Breaker's gotten a lot more polish on the mic as a, as a heel. Um, when you see him lose, he looks more vulnerable, you know, um, and I think, I think that does help him, and look here, they're, they're clearly polishing this dude to be the main, I think they're polishing him, Carmelo, Hayes, and Ilya, and Ilyanov, uh, Dragunov, excuse me, to be the future of WWE and future main eventers at WrestleMania, um, as far as Seth Rollins goes, I agree, giving him that World Heavyweight Championship, it, it just made him get stronger and polish him even more. But I'll throw another name out there, and I'll, I definitely didn't say this in my other podcasts, in my other episodes, but I think Mr. Money in the Bank. I think giving Damian Priest, I know WWE is not big on giving older guys uh, a shot. I've been watching him since he was Punishment Martinez in our Ring of Honor. I've always been a fan of his. I love his work. And the fact that he was getting the spotlight with Bad Bunny in Puerto Rico, the fact that he got his money in the bank, I hope, I actually hope that he gets, even if it's a token run, I hope he's able to cash in and get a token run with the world title at least. Um, but the fact that he's a tag team champion from a United States champion, he's been treated really well in the main roster. So I'm going to say, I would say that would be my breakout star is Damian Priest. And I, and, and honestly, they can only go up. Now, what I, I will say this. I think him and Rhea will be fine after the Judgment Day the whole thing happens. I don't know how I feel about Dominic and Finn Balor, though. But I think those two will be the 
the ones that will come out the best because of how Triple H sees them both clearly. I think Dom is going to be a breakout star in 2024 as well. You already see it now. I actually think this is my whole prediction for 2024. Dominic Mysterio will be the one to cash in the Money in the Bank contract. Oh! Oh! All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, okay. Now, you have to book it out for me. Give me a. Just give me a. How does that happen? How does Dominic get the Money in the Bank from Mr. Money in the Bank right now? How, how does this happen? I think that. From the time that they changed it to the other, you know, to the customized briefcase, mm-hmm. I think they began to paint the picture of, okay, you have a briefcase, but it's really not the official one. But it's official enough for you to make this run. And so, Dominic, if you notice, he, you know, he, he dropped the belt, he got the belt, he dropped the belt. They're not, they're not doing anything but conditioning him and polishing him and get ready to, you know, to be a heel in his own right. I love what Eddie Guerrero was in his prime. I like and I think they're conditioning him the same way. I think this happens around WrestleMania or certainly this may be the thing that happens the WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania in Philadelphia, this happens. The swerve breaks up everything. Rhea and, and Dom continue to be, you know what I'm saying, has won. But the Judgment Day will be no more because that will be the thing that will blow the whole Judgment Day away. Jesus, well, that I, I, that is the one thing I did not do was any bold predictions. Because I usually say that for the beginning of the year. I've not written any predictions down for 2024. That is a ballsy one, my friend. That is a... I like it, though. Like, I was not thinking about that. All right. Sorry. So, last question I have for you. I was... You just, you threw me all the way off. I ain't gonna lie. I liked it, though. My last question for you, though, is we go into really the lighter part. Because there is no pay-per-view for WWE in December anymore. Uh, we know there's a new pay-per-view for AEW called World's End at the end of December. But my, my last question for you is, in your opinion... As we go in, as we're getting getting into the holidays and um, end of the year, how can wrestling wrestling WWE's hot? We know how hot the product is. They sell out everywhere to go right now. How do you think, in your opinion, de- uh, wrestling can get even hotter? Um, they continue to let Triple H, uh, Michaels of the world run creative because they've been there. They know what it takes. They feel the pulse of the fans. Oh, this is what I want to see, and this is how it's going to be. Uh, your ego shows, I don't care what y'all are saying. I don't care what the fans want, i.e. Daniel Bryan not winning the world title and having the run that he should have had, you know, the short run. No, you put that on that man when he's hot. You, man, you strike the iron when it's hot. I think more of that, like what we're about to see going into 2024, who gets the title next as far as you know who takes the title off of Roman that person is going to be uh, a Seth Rollins type in fight have multiple challengers that's the rest that I see I keep building like right now you really don't have multiple like they used to be multiple people for multiple championships I remember Magnum TA had multiple people outside of Teller Blanchard might have been the, the main one and multiple people coming at him for the US title same thing with Ric Flair when you come up on that type of, of wrestling and what and how they were looking at that time, now it's like you appreciate that if you see any resemblance of what that is. The champion that Ric Flair was and how he defended the belt all over the world, when you when you when you were into that right there and how that went, 
you can appreciate a Seth Rollins being champion and a fighting champion. This we could have got out of Roman Reigns. And, and it's just such a difference. So wrestling to me, put it in the hands of people that can appreciate it and can drive the product based off the posts of the fans. The fans on, their, on the edge of their seat. Keep us, when the end of the pay-per-views for me used to be, man, don't leave us at what's going to make me want to watch Monday Night Raw? What's going to keep me engaged to get ready for Friday Night SmackDown? Before you make all these changes, we know there are changes coming in 2024. No SmackDown is moving to a new network. We know Raw is moving. We know NXT is moving. Before you make these moves, so you have the pulse of your fan base. Because without them, there's nothing that can happen because they're not supporting the product and they're not in the product. We're back in the same place that we were at after the Attitude Era. I will say, my, I, I thought about this question. This is one of the questions I told you earlier when I texted you. I didn't tell you the question was, but I told you one of the ideas I had, and I was thinking about it. My answer, I want to agree with I agree with that take you had. I guess my answer is, wrestling can get hot again if companies aren't afraid to be who they are. WWE, for better or for worse, I don't care what anyone says. And the one thing my this fan base, for this podcast, and I love my fan base because I know a lot of other podcasters get grief for I might get one or two trolls. Once every three or four months. Otherwise, I don't really have those issues, you know. Um, but like, I know that I love all wrestling. WWE is unapologetically who they are. They are sports entertainment. They will stick to their brand. Nothing wrong with that. I feel like if AEW can reestablish, and I believe they're getting back to that point where they're reestablishing being the alternative to what you can see in WWE. Like, when you see, we, we will never, ever see a match like we saw at Full Gear on WWE television ever again. And that's fine. And that's perfectly okay. But AEW, like, when I see some of the things they do sometimes, I'm like, you guys are trying to be sports entertainment. You guys don't have to be that. I think once these companies are not afraid to be who they are, and I think now that we're getting away from the CM Punk era of AEW, I think we're getting, I think, I think people are getting more and more confident. And now with the hiring of Will Ospreay, they have Kota Ibushi, you have people like Ronda Rousey showing up just on Ring of Honor television. Like, that's, that's to me, is still crazy. Well, it, make, it makes sense. They were in Los Angeles. Hey, I want to work with my best friend. I'll do it. But just having stuff like that and not catering your brand to... You can't listen to everybody. You have to be who you are. And so I believe once these other companies get to be who... Look here, TNA, don't care what anyone says about them. They are who they are. They do not care. They highlight the women's division, the X division, and the World Heavyweight Championship can can sometimes take the lead, but they they, they, they know their strengths. One of their strengths has always been the X division and their women's division. They highlight that a lot. That's why they have the fan base they have. I'm telling you now, I, I truly believe after the, the, the stuff we saw on, on Full Gear, I, I, I do believe that they're getting their confidence back, and I do believe in 2024... They will be. They will get. They will get hot again, and they will. And, and they will be. They'll they stay who they are. So, um, anyways, that that's that's my that's my that's my thoughts. Those are JT thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts for uh, since this is the last time I have you on this year? Do you have any thoughts that you want to say? I mean, you already made a prediction that just blew my mind. I, do you have anything else to say, man? Appreciate you for the opportunity, man, to be able to come on the tag team with you. Just look forward to you know doing this more with you in uh, 2024. Um, last thing I'll say, AEW has a chance to strike the match and get back hot again. 
strong women's division. I, I'm tired of flipping going to women's matches. This is me. Wrong. Get a stronger women division. Keep my attention. Do not want to go to the guy. Everything else. You need to put a sprinkle, a few more names, a few more people in there that just know, okay, I can't wait to. Like, you got it. You got some there. You just got to let them be them. Let put her on the mic. Let her talk. Let her be what we knew when WWE put the title on her out of nowhere. Let her go her full potential. That, nobody ever knew she was going to wrestle again. Leverage the people that you have and then add some sprinkles in there to make your women's division. Um, you, you got me, man. But yeah, wrestling, you know, taking me back to when WWE and WCW were hot. You know, let's get it. If, I, if I'm look forward to WWE, AEW, I love all wrestlers. So give me something to look forward to. Got all these shows all week long. Let's let's keep all of them hot. Let's not turn into WCW Saturday night. Let's keep the momentum going. Uh, yeah, that will start me on a rant. This freaking women's division. I will say this: timeless Tony Storm. First of all, I have to say this. Now that you said that, I'm gonna say this: <laughs> Swerve Strickland and Tony Storm are exactly. What Matt Cardona tweeted out when we had those mass when when they had those mass layoffs in September, the hard work is there, but the money is there. Tony Storm, when she left WWE after having pies shoved in her face or what, and whatever else happened behind the scenes, it would have been easy. It's very easy to quit. She could have gone back to Australia and went with her husband Juice Robinson and just had life on the Indies and been good, right? Said, so, oh, I was a WWE superstar, just didn't work out. Swerve Strickland could have done the same thing when he was released for no reason. These two have taken the ball and ran with it. They are prime examples of WWE doesn't always get it right and it doesn't always have to work out for everybody. They have their own moment. There's no way we get the timeless Tony Storm gimmick any, anywhere else. Now she's a women's champion. Now you have Mariah May, which that's a great addition to their to their women's roster as well. I like her work. But those those two are prime examples of you can be the alternative and just have fun. And when I see Swerve Strickland having the matches with Penta El Zero Mira that he had and Hangman and all his, and Brian Danielson, these are good things. So I won't get into the round of the women's division, but I had once you said the women's division, I had to highlight Tony Storm because she could have easily taken it. And let's be real, when she got uh, put with that whole outcast thing, I still don't know what that was that that Tony Khan was trying to do. But she took she took that crap and made it gold. And now she's your women's champion for the third time. And it's just I enjoy the gimmick. I enjoy everything she's doing. So no, but I agree. She they need a they need a stronger women's division. His and I'll say this last part. It's so frustrating, JT, because you have Athena behind a paywall. Why is Athena still behind a pay? Why is Layla Hirsch still behind a paywall? So that's just frustrating. So that's a rant that I've had before. I don't want to go there. But anyways, um, we're gonna. I'm gonna enjoy Survivor Series. Um, we heard, we've heard our predictions. I want to thank JT for coming on. He's coming on a lot this year. We will do this a lot more in 2024. So I am the slow chemical that is JT. We are out. Hope you guys had great Thanksgiving. Hope you guys have a great weekend. And we are out. <laughs>